Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Digi India Squad, a web series that's meant focusing on all aspects of digital marketing that's meant exclusively for the SMEs in India. We are the M&M girls, Mansi and Monica. Hi Monica, how have you been? Hi Mansi. Hello everyone. Perfect. So how's it going? All good. Just waiting to, you know, we were having so many technology hassles and uh, you breaking our heads since the last two days to get the recording done. So I'm just so relieved that we are finally getting to it. So I know. Talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've got on it. <clears throat> okay. So um, why are we so excited today is because, yes, of course, we've done a lot of episodes on what can be done in digital marketing. But today we have something to do with the digital marketers itself. I mean, something so new in the industry. I wouldn't say it is new in terms of technology or a feature that's being introduced, but it is new in terms of usage and implementation. People are slowly getting into it. It's going to be big. If you really want um, the Zen, uh, the Generation Z and people after that, this is the way to go forward. So what are we going to talk about? Today, we're going to talk about voice searches. Okay. Uh, when I say voice searches, we're looking about everything to do with voice. Um, how is voice changing the future of digital marketing itself? That is the story for today. So we're going to slowly start with... Um, how, what exactly is, is search? How does it work? So let's start with that. We all know this story. I mean, um, if you're a proprietor, if you own a business, uh, you know a little bit of uh, digital marketing and you've, or, or you've just been on Google. I'm sure all of us have been uh, go on Google and they've searched a lot of things. So in that background, I want to put this. Um, so basically a search engine, okay? Uh, it could be uh, Google, it could be uh, Bing, it could be uh, anything. Okay, uh, it's a program that searches the entire web and uh, it, it searches for the websites. Okay, and based on your keyword search terms, it will give you results. Now, what are these results? There's one page of results, right? Like it, you've got one page where all the results are there. You search for something, it gives you the results, right? Now, that entire page is called SERP. That's the search engine results page. It's got the results, right? It's a page. It's got the results. Okay. It's on your search engine. So it is search engine result page. So we learn two things. One is the searches are based on keywords so far the search terms itself. Okay. And secondly, the page is called SERP, that's search engine result page. Okay. Now the idea is if you're a business, okay, if you want to reach out to people who are beyond your network, people who are searching for your business, the idea is to get onto the first page. Okay. Nobody goes to the second page of uh, any search engine for that matter. They just change, change the search term. They make it more uh, focused. Uh, something like that, right? So the idea is to get on to the first page of that search engine. So the goal for many of the sites is to appear on this uh, page and the most popular, basically into the most popular uh, keywords, right? So a site's keyword ranking is very important because the higher the site ranking on, like, like imagine this, okay, on the search engine result page, yours is the last result. How many people will click on it? People might click on it, no doubt about it, but not as much as the first three or the first five results, right? So it's very important to be the first one or the first three results. So I think we've got a brief um, history of how, uh, I mean, a brief idea of how search works. 2013 um, is where uh, everything changed um, because uh, the wearable devices and the portable devices started coming in. So there was the update of Hummingbird. Uh, that's, that's actually the first search algorithm with the ability to, you know, uh, parse the intent behind a query. So it was not about keywords anymore. That's, that's where everything changed. So Monica, tell us a little more about this Hummingbird update mm -hmm. and how things changed uh, in, in 2013 when it was introduced. So right from the beginning, when we talk about the ranking of the websites on the search engine result page, which I will just refer to as, as SERP in short, it's too long a mouthful. So, um, so uh, the ranking of the websites was obviously of a lot of importance to all the business owners. Everybody obviously wants to come up in the first three positions. So they'll be doing everything possible. So when you want to do everything possible, you sometimes, you know, um, get into the gray area. You can go completely black, but you don't think that white is working. So you go in the gray area. And that is when all these practices had started, such as, you know, people stuffing keywords, using white font on a white background, 
cloaking and there were a huge number of things like this which uh, uh, website administrators tried to push their website up the serbs so uh, over and and but the thing is google never google or any search engine for the matter never disclose all the factors they take into consideration when they are ranking a website so in our knowledge we just know about 30 out of 200 major factors and about 1500 minor factors and that has changed constantly with the way the way people are searching so um, uh, over time the quality of the content became more important uh, backlinks continue to be important they are very important today also when i say backlinks i mean the num the quality of the websites that are linking to your website so the number isn't as important as the quality of the website for example org websites are high value government websites are high value so if you get a backlink from such a website that really has a, a big impact on your ranking so in 2013 the hummingbird update came which is an update to the algorithm and what was that about it started taking into consideration that the way people were searching had changed and conversational search queries had you know increased in volume so instead so how did that come about as mansi said because of the um um because wearable devices had come into the picture portable devices had come into the picture the the microphone icon used to uh, started appearing on you know the google search bar and you could talk into your phone you could talk into your desktop also but at that time uh, the the accuracy of the speech to text was not that great so it didn't take off that well at least it didn't take off that well in india maybe it was an accent issue or whatever the case was but uh, though this update came in there wasn't a huge jump in the adoption of this uh, of the of these kind of devices and this technology this has happened very quickly in the last 4 to 5 years rapidly it has grown and technology too has too has grown and even if you look at google translations today the accuracy of the translations has improved a lot so obviously when the quality has improved the adoption has also gone up so when uh, hummingbird came in um it became about um, you know that the search keywords have now become much longer so when people are searching with text they are using uh, two to three words right so for example uh, if i am searching for dog food as vansi was saying so i'll say vegetarian dog food Uh, whereas if somebody is using conversational search they are searching for where can i find vegetarian dog food to purchase so it's like a complete question so it was observed that the voice search keywords are becoming uh, more and in the current time it is almost 55% that is the um, uh, the search volume coming through voice search versus text search there was a conversational language for the content and the queries became longer so they went up to 9 to 10 uh, words then uh, the uh, phrases key the search phrases which included the term near me became the one with the uh, most hits and people were using these terms not just to find places but also to know the opening time of that place and the rating the review and other kind of details okay and the responses of uh, voice search queries was also in um, text to speech right you heard the answer back so you could do it while you were maybe in the kitchen and you know working on a recipe and you just wanted to maybe understand okay um, some particular uh, so let's say there is a word being used that you know bast the um the the food and you don't know what that means so you can just ask while you're working so you do it's like a hands off kind of activity so a great accompaniment to something which involves multitasking and i think with with the way we are going and the reducing patience we have for anything today um we want everything quickly we want to do two things at a time because we want to cook and we want to listen to a book we so there so we are getting into this kind of an activity mode more and more so uh, the hummingbird update brought that in and because of that the ranking of the websites also changed because now uh, the traditional usage of keywords became less important and the inclusion of keywords that 
supported conversational search queries became more important. So it became more important to include Q&A type of content into your websites. It became important to um, uh, use, you know, natural language processing. The main keyword along with the main keyword, it was important to use associated keywords. So the long tail keyword, which is a combination of three plus words in a, in a search query, those kind of keywords became more important. So that was the hummingbird update. I'll talk a little bit more on, on what can be done uh, while Mansi just posted hmm. a few more things. Perfect. So, I mean, I think that gives a very good background into how search turned from just being keywords, uh, you know, relating that, you know, okay, you type this, is it the same website? And let's, I mean, does both the queries uh, put together? Now there is a context, there's a conversation to it. See, in different internet search engines use very different algorithms to determine what web pages are the most relevant to the particular search query. Okay. But let us remember one thing, whatever search engine it is, the one thing they all want to uh, ensure is happening is the relevancy of the search itself. Okay. Um, uh, users naturally prefer a search engine that will give them the best and the most relevant search results. Right. And we go to Google every now and then only because it does give us that search result. Okay. So Google's unique and improving uh, algorithm has made it one of the most popular search engines of all the times. Uh, I, and basically uh, any other search engine, any search engine for that matter, they continue to have a difficult time matching the relevancy algorithm that Google has created by examining a number of factors, as she said, 1500 factors out of which 250 is what probably we are still thinking about their inbound links, fresh content, social media, everything is considered when it comes to the Google search engine. So other search engines are not able to live up to what Google gives us because of this, the, the continuous improvement in the algorithms. Okay. The relevancy part of it. Okay. So these are things that um, will determine how voice search is going to work. Uh, so today we are going to explore a little more of that. Uh, we'll come to the trends a little later, but now I'm just going to get back to Monica and uh, um, talk to her about how voice search is working today. Okay. How does it work today? And how can we as a small and medium enterprise or even the biggies, any brand for that matter today, if you're not on voice, trust me in, in like another a couple of months, especially with the pandemic coming in, voice search has come in so much that you know if we are not using it if we are not making use of it we are going to be finished so let's go to monica and ask her uh, monica what do you think can be done as a brand we all know now that you know how search has worked and everything is completely out of our control except giving very good quality content and probably uh, you know some 10 or 15 things that we can do as optimization everything else is out of our um, hands so as a brand how are we going to use voice to get the people that we want. Yes, yeah, so um, see when the hummingbird update came in uh, and when um, the natural language processing came in, that meant that the technology has to truly understand the intent of the search query, right? How does it know that when you say the word shoe, are you looking for the shoe that people wear or the shoe that you apply to a, a dining uh, table leg. How, how does it make that distinction? So many words like this, which could have different interpretations. It could have different interpre interpretations across languages also. So how does it understand all this? So there was a shift in uh, the search engine understanding the content, which earlier it used to put into the index by using the keywords as the basis of you know, the context. That okay, if this uh, page is using the word football and it also has coach and goal and um, and and similar kind of words, then okay, it's it's an authority on the game of football. Now what it started doing was that it started understanding the content using entities. Is it about a thing? Is it about a person? What is the name of the person? What it is? Is it an organization? What is the name of the organization? What is the type of the organization? So uh, what, what does this mean? If the search engine can understand your, your content, 
if you can really break it down and say that so my brand name is content knockout what does that mean to the search engine but i have to define that this is the name of an organization what kind of organization digital marketing training digital marketing consulting so i have to give a category to it how many employees does it have who is the founder of the organization the founder is a person the person has a name right so the more you are able to break it down so let's say there's a query and uh, and, and somebody is saying uh, what is the name of the company founded by monica samuel now this kind of keyword is not used anywhere but the entities are understood the content knockout is understood as a company monica samuel is understood as a founder of an organization as a person and then the two can be connected together and a response can be given to such a question so this is where the artificial intelligence machine learning and all this really comes into the picture where you understand that it is able to now understand what you are saying almost like a human being but this is not happening with every website when you look at uh, the search engine engine result page today it is very different from what it was years back today we have the uh, google's knowledge graph what is a knowledge graph it is a knowledge base which has facts about people about places and things so it's this huge network of linked entities and from there the information is extracted and shown on the subs there is the knowledge panel which you see on the right hand side for organizations for books for movies where you can get more information about that particular object it is an entity it is an object and you are given a name about that object when it was written when it was filmed when it was who are the actors each actor is an entity so you see this long carousel of actors at the top with the knowledge panel if you if you've noticed this so you have the knowledge panel with the movie details then there's a carousel at the top for the actors when you click on one of the actors information about them comes into the knowledge panel so if you see the terms which we are using to define the content that is now visible to us on the serps has also changed you have a knowledge box which is you know the factual information that is pulled up and it is shown up in a small snippet in uh, in in the search engine results page you have featured snippets and this and featured snippets introduced one more term called position 0 so it has been the aspiration of business owners to have their website come up at position 1 but now there's position 0 so you are so if somebody is asking a question which has a perfectly suited answer on your website then the search engine if it understands the content very well can pull up only that relevant part and show it in the featured snippet okay which is in a small rectangular box at the top most position which is position 0 with a link to the page where people can go for more information and the amount of content that is showed there is being read off by the uh, voice assistant and you can actually hear the answer so that's your featured snippets whenever search uh, result includes any of these options a knowledge panel a featured snippet uh, a carousel of articles if you've seen that sometimes when you're looking for um, some kind of explanation of of a term or a trend or something you will see a series of articles okay you will also see sometimes there are articles which have a series of steps and each step is associated with an image so let's say it's something about how to tie a sari and you know step wise uh, they've given the steps and a picture they've given a step and a picture and in the serp itself under the article you'll see step 1 with a picture and the instruction step 2 picture instruction so you are not even going into the article to open it up in the serp itself you are getting the information you want a booking to a hotel your serp itself gives you the information on the hotels that are available where the booking is available if you want to book a flight that information is available you don't even have to go to indigo or or yatra or anywhere it just shows you there itself that these are the flights that are available these are the uh, this is the availability and it will give you links for you to go somewhere for the details so whenever a serp includes any such uh, component it is called a rich answer okay and if you see the trend google has now started delivering more and more of rich answers 
and if you have not optimized your website and your content to provide for rich answers so that rich answers can be constructed based on the content you have provided then you will be missing out so that is where we have to look at you know what do we need to do so that our content is now uh, presented in a way that it is accessible to uh, Google's knowledge graph. It becomes part of Google's knowledge graph. And whenever there is a question uh, to which I can provide a relevant answer, my content should be picked up. That's all there okay. is to it. So, so there are certain things which we can do. So again, as in the case of uh, the earlier algorithms, not all information is given out that, you know, this is what you can do to, you know, appear in in the to appear in position one imagine if that kind of information was shared what would happen everybody wanted to get there it would be a complete shambles and the person who would be sacrificed would be the end user right and google no search engine is going to have that because they are being used only till the time they are relevant as mansi was explaining the moment they become relevant there was a time when google too had become very irrelevant if you used to search for something the first page used to have so much of uh, you know, if you're searching for something very specific, the first page used to just contain generic information and it used to be annoying. So this has happened. Even with Google, it has happened. Though Google has always been a leader in the search engine um, sphere, it has happened with Google also. And then, you know, they tightened the quality guidelines and they started implementing, uh, sorry, penalizing people for violations. And then the change happened. And today it is at the stage where it is giving us such accurate information when we are looking for it. Perfect. Yeah. This is like, uh, there's so much to do. There's so much to do, right? So I'm, I'm just going to take forward a couple of uh, statistics. I, I think uh, Monica mentioned one of it. So I'm going to refer to this uh, article that uh, came out in brandequity.com. And this was um, exactly like a year ago, I think May 2019. And they already claimed that India had seen a whopping, um, I think, 270%. Okay, 270% growth year on year in the voice searches. And wow. this came out in that uh, year in search India, the insights for brands. And this was from Google itself. There was a report. Okay, and they also said that online video audience in India is likely to touch 500 million mark by 2020. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to go through that um, uh, report. I mean, uh, some uh, highlights of the uh, report that Google gave. Uh, this was 2019. Now, they already knew that searches in the non-metros we're growing faster than the metros itself, okay? And the categories like smartphones, online videos, um, uh, we're actually reshaping the way uh, that consumer gathered information and make purchased uh, decisions, okay? The consumer journey itself was uh, changing. There was this aspect of uh, research that came into picture and also the recommendations, reviews, all that started coming into picture from the non-metros in a bigger way. Uh, okay, and then the growth of voice search uh, is driven by regional languages. Now, this is something that we really need to look into. And everybody in India has an edge to this. Okay, all this while it was almost always about English, right? So how much can you compete in English? There's always somebody bigger than you who will take away that chunk. But regional languages, if you're strong in your region, okay, and if you're able to communicate that uh, through your uh, local language, nothing like it. Okay, that search is coming up big time and voice search is going to be ruled by regional language. That's, that's what it is indicating. Uh, it also signaled that the rise of omni-channel approach wherein online and offline were actually coming together. Um, it also showed that one third of all the searches of online videos are entertainment related. Um, uh, categories like lifestyle, education and business was growing at 1.5x to 3x growth in that last two years. That was 2017, 18 and uh, 19. Uh, another indication is the rise of non-English users, as the quote already mentioned. Okay, it says that I, I think this was something that we also mentioned in our previous episodes. That you know, nine out of ten new internet users in India are likely to be Indian language users. Indian language—that's the regional language that we've been talking about. Okay, and in terms of search areas, it points out that there has been a big, big, big rise. Uh, in searches for food aggregators. I love Zomato and Sweetie. They just get me food whenever I want. I totally love it, <laughs> right? So um, we saw this rise and this was May 2019. That was the report. Obviously, video music and um, 
news they always remained as the top queries uh, of regional language search in india over 60% growth in video on demand searches uh, was there and the report states that india's leading ott when when i say ott we are talking about something like uh, netflix amazon prime uh, z hotstar all of these uh, but they are the even though otts are the platform they are actually turning to youtube to engage with entertainment lovers so that's where they're getting uh, people from to the ott platforms now this was one of the reports that google uh, themselves gave and i'm picking this up from brandequity.com okay that's where the report was uh, very neatly explained but what matters see until then all the articles that were talking about was statistics and they started talking about how uh, voice is going to be big okay but there's one article that came out which talked about market trends in voice search this was in uh, december 2019 okay this was when the pandemic was about to hit there were you know somebody was talking uh, that you know this could happen it has happened rather in in wuhan so this was uh, december 2019 yourstory.com that's harish uh, who had actually written this um, uh, report mr harish had talked about how internet uh, of voice is changing the rules of digital marketing so i'll just give you the highlights uh, since the indian market is one of the biggest and the fastest growing markets big players like amazon's alexa google home etc are now focusing and placing their bets on indian languages and the indian market so we already have uh, microsoft uh, kotana then we had google home that's google now um, and then we had uh, alexa from amazon we had siri from apple and uh, bixby from um, uh, samsung okay so now this article uh, amazon echo yes yes definitely yes okay alexa uh, okay so um the fundamentally this article became very important to me because it listed down see we have always looked at voice search from a digital marketer's point of view on how we can capitalize this okay but this article talked about it from a very consumer perspective on how we are going to start using voice okay one is you are going to replace the keyboard by voice commands it's no more about control shift delete okay it's no more about that power button it's just going to say hey switch off and your laptop is probably going to switch off your mobile is just going to sleep go to sleep so there are so many things that can be done that you know it doesn't matter where you are at home um, you can just do these things okay uh, and then using voice devices itself okay uh, i i'm sure most of us have alexa most of us have uh, echo we have google assistant on our phone right um so this is already happening to us and okay so these are two things that it mentioned the third thing the most important thing that i felt was internet of things uh, perhaps probably the most significant impact of voice will be in the iot devices okay uh, you've got embedded chips in pretty much every other device that you're buying today any electronic uh, gadget that you uh, buy today and you can actually talk to it so imagine this you know we are always thinking oh today if 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 you look at people who stay by themselves and who are uh, independent self sufficient uh, they have a lot of things to do at home okay the power goes off at certain times or uh, the water comes only at certain times today you can sit in your office and and you can probably say uh you know that you know the water is is, is going to come in now and you know the government is releasing that water and you want to like fill it up you can run your washing machines you can run your dishwasher sitting anywhere in the world i think that's fantastic so iot is going to be driven by voice and that's where everything um, is 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 going as of now in terms of technology and that's why digital marketers need to wake up um and look into how voice is going to work and how brands can capitalize on it if if everything is going to be voice controlled okay uh, how are we going to utilize this how are you going to have that conversation um uh, with uh, each other see uh, also i think search engine i mean just september 10th or so search engine uh, journal.com um, came out with the gartner uh, report and they gave a huge explanation to this now according to gartner uh, 32% of the consumers are interested in hands free technology okay why thanks to the pandemic no touching no contamination very simple right a uh, voice search is one of the fastest growing types of search 55% of the users do voice search to ask questions on a smartphone according to uh, proficient um about 40% of the internet users operate a voice assistant at least once a month according to e-marketer but this is uh, restricted to us alone this statistics okay okay and then also one thing that's really becoming famous in the uh, voice space is um, 
the voice chat itself okay it, it it becomes increasingly reliable as technology improves as monica was saying there was a time when we had a different uh, um, you know the way we uh, speak the dialect was different the language was different everything but today those things are coming into picture uh, so voice search is no longer a fad okay and and beyond mobile phones and connected devices and smart speakers we've got like almost 50% of google home and amazon echo users who find this a necessity now which means they can't do without it okay so as monica was already mentioning it is no more a fact that you know oh we do it growing voice searches no and if you look at generation z okay kids 2 years 3 years 5 years they don't type even on whatsapp they will leave a voice message if they are unable to explain things they will leave a nobody types there is no i don't see any kid which is 2 3 5 or 7 for that matter who has typed anything on whatsapp they just leave a voice message and when you type something they like don't type just leave a voice yeah sorry to button um so it just reminded me of something i i just got to know today so my co sister was just telling me that her daughter who's um, uh, 8 years old uh did her homework by asking siri to read out the answers to her and she didn't make any effort to understand what was the question and all she just told siri you give me the answer to this question and that is how she completed her homework so and this is an 8 year old child so somebody who is used to this kind of communication with devices obviously what kind of expectation will they have as they grow they are going to expect that from every uh, uh, technology interaction that they have right so you were talking about uh, you know uh, voice controlling um, everything uh, let's say a washing machine or a dishwasher but already mobile apps are available where people can be in the office and they can start their dishwasher they can start their um uh, washing machines already that much is there and you know uh, of course with the uh, home assistants and all that have come in i mean it's like i mean it's, it's i think that we have never seen such a rate of um growth in technology as we are seeing very true very true it very is true. and voice is almost everywhere yeah. i mean it's, <laughs> yes it's and oh, uh, we are at a crazy uh, pace when you talk about crazy i have to tell you this okay now i teach in different colleges and uh, once the pandemic hit everything was about webinar so i was like how do you make notes and they're like who's making notes so i'm like then how do you relate so you won't believe it when the webinar is going on on the screen they open the google word document they go to google docs which is on the drive yeah. okay there is a tool which says speech to text they just switch that on and you're done everything that's being said in the webinar just gets converted to text yeah and that's exactly. where they read from yeah and if you see that it's a smart way to use technology no i mean if the facility is available to you i mean why would you not use it perfect perfect and also see research reports you write pages of it okay i mean you're expected to make the document and submit it for your assignments and they are able to do it like as quickly as possible because see some people had issues to type okay uh, exams were done online and they had typing speed issues so i'm like how are you going to even overcome this they're like who's typing ma'am okay they just spoke and then the voice to text did all the work it was fantastic they it, it did really well people did really well in their exams thanks to this they yeah. were able to write lengthy answers very quickly and i've seen uh, you know with the accessibility options that are available on windows and mac and other devices i have seen uh, a person with disability uh, who could not use the keyboard giving instructions and doing complex uh, you know uh, formulas uh, different arrangement of content moving things from one place to another doing sums average all the formulas of excel she had such good mastery on the various commands all she needed was a little piece because for so you know so the system can uh, actually hear what she's saying clearly but she completely hands off experience and she used to finish the work before the other people who were doing it with their hands so that's that's where Very we obvious. are at today 
but you know this could go on a long way i think we need to get back to you know the search engine optimization part of it so no but tell us more on this uh, monica yeah. yeah so you're the expert you're the search engine optimization specialist compared uh, to the two of us you're into the field and you've done it so tell us more about how we're going to um you know put this together as a brand okay what is the first step we need to take and how are we going to cope with this yeah and i mean you need to try and get your content into the featured snippets as much as possible if you are optimizing your content for featured snippets you are basically optimizing your content for voice that is what it is so one is understanding that asking questions then you need to include more questions into your content so using the uh, the what why where how when all that is there but apart from that there are other words which are more also important like should could can even those questions become important you have to make sure that the content is simple so there is a readability index uh, the readability index basically uh, gives you a, a grading on based on the sophistication of your content so for example if you are so if you see nursery books the sentences are what two three words four words at the max right and they will not have multiple syllables so based on these kind of factors the readability index is understood and your content should not have content more complex than grade 8 that is a standard for the web any content which is available for general public now i'm not talking about you having written a thesis which is which is different i'm saying general content available to the public has to have a readability of uh, index of 8 not more than that because even the uh, the search engine has to understand it so for that also it needs to be at a certain level of uh, readability then using multiple headers and subheaders which is anyway a good practice for readability which even without the voice search we would anyway uh, always uh, kind of incorporate into our content so that you know it is scannable because attention spans have been reducing since since many years now so we want content to be skimmable then <clears throat> using pointers to break your content into small fragments and also the length of your sentences the length of your paragraphs reducing that um then um https websites are preferred that has also been seen that uh, based on the results that are coming up on featured snippets it has been observed that if they that uh, content from https websites are preferred so that so that's another motivation to you know uh, use ssl on your website use the visuals with text because even the visuals get pulled up uh in in your um, article cards which are shown sometimes uh, in the rich results include and another thing was that if you are making any claims include the citations especially today where fake news is such a rampant thing uh, how whatever your authority may be people still expect you to give a citation so that they can themselves go and verify what you are claiming so that is one more element which you should do check for mobile friendliness we are at a place now where mobile first index has been implemented since a long time that means uh, if your content is not mobile friendly when i'm saying content is not mobile friendly there are three aspects the content the layout and the performance performance your your see it has think if we are searching something typing something and it takes about 2 3 seconds to return an answer it's fine when you are talking it expects an instant answer so if your website is not able to communicate uh, that fast it's not able to send the information that fast the search engine is not going to wait for you <laughs> it's just going to move to the next for the best answer right so in all these things in terms of performance in terms of the layout uh, once the content does come up then it has to be in a format that it is readable on the uh, mobile screen uh, so you have to look at those aspects so make sure that your content is mobile friend friendly and there are tools there is a google mobile friendly tester okay you can just search for that on google and there is a tool where you can enter the url of your page and it will tell you whether it is mobile friendly or not and even better if it is not mobile friendly it will give you suggestions on what you need to do so that it is okay it will grade you and then it will tell you on your um mobile friendliness if you have a google search console integrated with your website then that also has a section where it will uh, so instead of doing it 
page by page, which is a bit tedious, of course, when you have a large website, uh, your search console will give you a comprehensive report for your website on your mobile friendliness. Then um, in your page headings and subheadings, use questions, right? So, uh, uh, so, if, so uh, like I just developed my uh, page for the content writing course that, I'm, um, that I've, I've created. So my headers are, is this course for you? Um, who should take this course? What is, what is the curriculum of this course? So use those kind of headers so that, you know, they are questions. So that is one. Then performance I've already spoken about. Test on multiple devices. This has also been observed that for the same query, uh, different devices can throw different results. So different content comes up in the featured snippet. So you also need to test on different devices just to see, you know, um, because as I said, all this is based on observation. Google hasn't come forward and told us that this is how we are pulling content into featured snippets. This is based on observation. So you have to keep doing things, observing the results, and then, you know, uh, improving um, uh, on, on your efforts. Then optimize the website architecture also. So map it to your content hierarchy. So for example, you have a blog and if it has multiple categories, if you can include that category in the URL itself, so you have abc.com slash health, and then you have a health article slash beauty slash then the name of the article. So if you can categorize it and include that in the URL itself, that also is a good way for the search engine to understand what category this content falls under. So that's another tip. This is for your featured snippets. Apart from that, on a general kind of basis, one is use the question keyword. So that's your how, what, when, why, where, should, can, all of this. Uh, use long tail keywords. So think of keywords which are a combination of four or five words where the intent of that phrase is clear. So try to incorporate that into your content. Then even filler words, which were earlier in keywords because people used to like, if I need a definition, I'll just say define and I'll give the term. Whereas when I'm asking for a definition, I'll uh, say, you know, uh, what is the meaning of that term? I'll say it like this. So even these filler words of, to, from, with, without, these are articles and prepositions also need to feature into your, uh, they have to be part of your um, keywords that you're using now. And then, uh, Comparison words are also something that um, tend to, uh, you know, um, come up in the featured snippets, such as, you know, price, compare, comparison, these kind of terms, if you use in your content. And having an FAQ page now becomes all the more important because in your FAQ page, because the structure itself is Q&A. So there's a good chance that your content can be pulled up from there. So try to bring that Q&A format even into your product pages your blogs, do more of that format of uh, content creation. So um, that is one. And one more thing specifically for Google, uh, specifically for voice search, which I just read in an article, even I wasn't very aware of that. It has been found that the different um, assistants, voice assistants actually look for information in different sources. So for example, the Google assistant looks at the Google business listing if you're searching for a place and details. So the Google business, uh, it is going to look at the Google uh, business listing. Siri looks at Yelp. Siri searches in Yelp almost exclusively. And uh, similarly, there would be a pattern for other. Alexa also looks at a different kind of thing. So that is also something which you need to uh, understand. Uh, I'll, I'll share that article in the description so that, you know, you can go and look at it in detail because what does that mean? You need to be registered in different websites then, right? Um, so if I, Siri also puts up in India, Siri pulls a lot of information from Zomato and, and, and these kind of places that, that becomes the sources of information. So these are the places where you need to be available, right? You need to be registered. And the, uh, the last thing which, which you can really do to improve the, uh, to help the search engine understand your content better is to use structured data. And this is a big pain for many people. But if you see, um, it has been around a long time. And uh, structured data is basic, basically, I, you know, uh, 
associating the content with certain entities so as i gave the example an organization is an entity it's an object it's a it's and what kind type of object of a type company uh, who is the founder who is the co-founder all that these are people people with names right people with an age that can so the attributes of a person will come into picture so you have to use structured data to kind of uh, really help the search engine understand the context of your content so um, you have the structured data markup helper okay which will allow you to um, add, add this into your pages so we will not get into the detail of it because it just goes uh, to to beyond it maybe we'll do a separate session on it uh, but you can use the structured data markup helper. There is also something called the um, rich results test. Okay. So yeah, I, I'll just share the screen here, uh, Mansi. Just want to show one thing. Yes, please. I think that would be relevant and important. So while uh, Monica is going to, um, you know, uh, put this together for us, I have questions to the uh, viewers like right away. Uh, you know, we are going to be used to uh, such instant results. Okay, this is changing our lifestyle. Has this changed your lifestyle? Do you do you use voice? Okay, has it changed your lifestyle? That's what I want to ask every viewer who's looking at this. Hey, Monica, I can see your um, screen now. Yeah. So this is the um, uh, developers portal of Google. And this is the search gallery. So here they are uh, showing how uh, the structured data actually works. So when you look at it, you will have a better understanding of uh, what I mean when I'm saying that your content needs to come up in a certain way. So if you look at this one, the first one is an article, right? So this could be a news, sports or a blog article. And the stories you have, now you see a section called top stories when you are searching. Um, uh, and, and in that you see different articles come up in the form of these cards. So they, they will include a thumbnail image and the source of the content and then the uh, title of that um, article. Right. So this is how an article can look. If you look at this uh, search. So these are all rich results. This is all coming up within the SERP only. Okay, we are not got into any particular website. We are looking at the results, the rich results in a SERP. So if you look at this one in the book, you have uh, where the book is available. So Google Play Books, you have the price of the book and then you have the type of book, ebook or printed book. Then you take the example of carousel, right? So here, so this is where um, you are seeing a sequ sequential list or gallery, which is coming from a single site. So it's coming from this uh, website, Cookies, and all these recipes are coming from the same website, right? So isn't this a great way of having your content, you know, uh, be showcased on the SERP itself? Then you have course. Now, so many of us are now, you know, publishing courses because right now that's the best way to engage people because our classroom sessions are off, online courses are the way to go to learn anything. So how can you actually use structured data uh, for your courses? So you can have the name of the course, the, the, uh, the, the name of the organization that is making the course available, the, and then some more details about it, right? So this is where it has a short description, you'll see the course title as well and the provider. Uh, even for reviews, the reviews can themselves come up in this uh, SERP. So this is a review. Similarly, and you can just go into this, an event. This is a very common thing. So if you're launching, if you're running webinars, uh, if that information can directly come up in the uh, SERP, that's a great way of uh, driving attention to your webinar. So, you know, um, the date, the name of the webinar, and the duration of the webinar, where it is going to be held, that can be uh, showcased here. And similarly, you have FAQ. So here itself, you see this, this format in which the content is displayed like an FAQ. You can just, you know, uh, use the drop down and get the answer to that question. So there, there are many, many examples here that you can look at. I'll again share this link um, and you can have a look at this. So this is one part of structured data. And uh, as I said, you need to use a structured data markup helper. Okay, so this is the structured data markup help. Can you see the screen, Mansi? 
Did I share this one? Yes, yes. I you can, can see, see the structured data markup. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So here, for example, if you want to mark up an article, so you can use this, right? So let me just take. So I have already um, uh, added structured uh, data to this particular article. So I'm just going to take a link, take a take this here, and so for example, if I selected articles here and I included this link and then I can just start tagging. Okay, tagging is basically you are specifying what part of the content is what. This is a name, this is a date, this is a place, this is a time, that way, right? So this is how you can go about tagging it. It's a little slow. Um, one, my connection is also a bit slow. Now, for example, this is the, so if you see here on the, right hand side, these are the various fields that you can use to assign the data. So if I take this one, this is the name of the article. The moment I release it, it gives me an option of selecting what kind of uh, content is this. So it's a name, right? And immediately this comes up here. So I'm not going to do this all here, just show you that I have already done this and there is a way to actually test it. Let me see. Yeah. So how can you, so once you do that activity and you assign tags to whatever content that you think is, you know, um, that you can, you know, do this matching with, once you are done with it, you can just use this rich results test, which is again, free tool uh, available from Google. Uh, and it will analyze that page and it will tell you whether you have done the matching correctly or not. And, and this is how you can go and add more structured data to your content, right? For example, in this case, for an article, you see very limited number of fields. Actually, you can assign a lot more. Similarly, if you if I go to the main page here, uh, here it tells, gives you just a few options, like you can tag book reviews, films, products, software applications, blah, blah, blah. But what if you have a course, right? Can you do it for that? Yes, you can, because, but then you need to know a little bit of, I mean, it's not very complex, but anybody who has a little fun with code can use this. So you have to go to this website called schema.org, okay, which is basically a library of all the possible structured content that you, data you can have. Here, I am going to search for courses. And it immediately shows me that there is a schema of type called course. And for this course, what can I define? So once the course is there, what can I define? I can define the course code, the prerequisites, the education credentials awarded, right? The number of credits associated. So there are so many properties of that course that I can use, education level, right? And abstract, so many things. Now, um, uh, coming back to the, where is my rich results here. So now I just tested that using the rich results tool and is telling me the page is eligible for rich results. That means um, when the search engine is accessing this content, it will have access to data that it can use. And if I just expand this, it's showing here that it has been tagged as a type article. This is the name of the article. This is the author of the article. Her name is Monica Samuel. She is a person. This is the date the article was published. This is the image associated with this article. Uh, it, what is the, what kind of category, content development, marketing strategy, this is the URL. Who is the publisher, organization? It's an organization. What is the name of the organization, content number? Right, so now we have helped the search engine truly understand what the content is about. And now if there is a query which says that, you know, um, what are the uh, show me the latest blog post by monica samuel if the question comes in this form rather than you know uh, somebody searching on vernacular content in india and that's the chance when the article will come now if somebody searches for the latest blog post from monica samuel then this can still come because it has been understood by the search engine that what is this page about okay i hope this gives you a little clarity a lot of clarity actually not just little a lot of clarity um, so I'm pretty sure that you know Monica just showed us how easy 
like literally how easy it is and she mentioned some very very important factors uh, for us to rank on um, uh, serp and uh, take voice into consideration and she gave us tips which was really easy to implement right now the question is if you're just watching this episode it's going to be really difficult for you to implement this okay uh, because if you're new to this if you're already a digital marketer you're already a, a seo specialist uh, you're already into content you know a little bit of these things great i mean this will only add to the knowledge and you'll be able to implement it easily but if you're a proprietor or you own a business in or or you're uh, into an agency or you want to do a little more for your client you could be an independent uh, consultant there are a lot of workshops that monica runs just to tell people how this works okay see the idea is why search is going to be big the question is would you be a part of it or not i mean it's not even like would you want to be a part of it if you aren't then you're going to lose out it's it's like that it's it's right on the face okay so for you to be a part of it all you need to do is write to us um and that would uh, we would get back to you and we will help you set uh, so monica i think uh, with that we come to the end of this episode do you have any closing thoughts on this yeah i just want to say that you know though the structured uh, data has been around for a long time many agencies today are not even uh, doing this for clients and uh, this is important because as i said you know you have to stay relevant with the way the search engine is working so now that you have understood this at least demand it they know how to do it it takes some effort and now we are at a place where there are plugins available for wordpress or whatever is the cms that you are using for your website so plugins are available or a developer can actually do it for you so uh, at least ask for it because be aware that this is a way in which my content can be made more under understandable for the search engine and there is a possibility that it will drive visibility to my brand so ask for it so um so i i think we've shared a lot of information it's probably a lot to take in but just so that you are familiar with it you understand the scope and and you know you know what you need to do for seo today because if people are still talking only about keywords then it's it's not going to get you very far wow so we're going to just quickly uh, put this together sum it up um let's face it there is a change in consumer behavior and that's happening because of the lifestyle change thanks to the pandemic too much internet uh, too much of binge watching too much of video content a lot of things that are happening and this behavior will not change it will only continue in that path down that lane down that path uh, people are not going to get back because voice searches are comfortable because voice searches are convenient the one thing that we can capitalize on as um, you know owners of businesses is going local using the regional language that will get us where we want because that is our specialty right if you're going to compete uh, in a universal language then it might be difficult but regional languages focusing on it will get us where we want to uh, the gen z is already there as in they were born with this they were born with voice as as a more dominant way of communication uh, and they're only going to use it more and more and these are the people who are going to emerge as the technology of uh, people who were using technology in and out okay the another thing that um, really comes to me is uh, with voice search coming in there is more of instant gratification now with i mean i i use so much of voice search that if i don't have information that i need at uh, my fingertips as ready reckoners i get irritated very very easily okay uh, we are all growing impatient and this is not about the generation okay this is not about the gen z uh, any generation which is uh, you know becoming used to voice search or uh, is growing impatient uh, so that's also something that we need to consider as human beings as uh, you know a lifestyle change monica any thoughts on this yeah i think what what you're saying is right that we are in that space where instant gratification is um, is an expectation right so uh, see if you're in the in the line of business then obviously you have to look at what is best for your customer and if this is the way they are looking for information you have to serve them that is all there is to it simple 
All right. With that, we come to the end of this episode. Um, do write to us on digiindiasquad at gmail.com. That's D-I-G-I-I-N-D-I-A-S-Q-U-A-D at gmail.com. And we will reply to it. We will handhold you if you need help. But remember this. Voice search is going to be big. Regional is the key. Regional content is the key. Optimizing your page for uh, voice results. Come to us. We will help you out with that. We'll train you on that. See, let me tell you this. We are not consultants who will sit with you and do it for you. If you're expecting that, we'll do it once or twice to show you how it works. Okay. We enable you. We believe that you can do this yourself. We enable you to do it. We are enablers. Okay. So that's, that's how uh, we ensure that this community grows. That's how we ensure that this knowledge grows. That's how we ensure that every SME in India is up to the mark. That's the mission that we have as M&M girls in the DG India squad. With that, we sign off for the day. Thank you so much for watching. And your opinion and comments are very important to us. So please leave it in the comment section and we will definitely reply to that. Thanks, Monica, for your time. And thank Thanks, you everybody Marcy. for watching. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. See you guys.